rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everyone. <laughs> Not everyone. A couple of people, maybe. Oh, I see you. Hey, Haiku, where the hell are you? Are you on Twitch? Yes, I see you're on Twitch. All right, that's good. Yeah, whatever. I'm pissed off. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for coming in, uh, being part of the therapy for the resistance. Therapy for me this week, that's for sure. I'm in such a bad mood. I didn't even want to do the show tonight. So I was contemplating. I was going back and forth. Fuck it. I'm not doing the show. And... Here I am anyway. That's what we always say. We do it anyway, I guess, right? So I'll tell you what's going on. Well, we usually meet at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app until they shut us down. Um, so what happened was I did a, a Dem Debate watch party on Tuesday. So we've been doing these watch parties every time there are, there's a Democratic debate. There's been not, well, now there's been 10. Now there's 10 altogether. Tuesday was the 10th. And we've done a Dem debate. I think we've done for uh, de- a debate watch party for nine of, or no, eight of the 10. Okay. Right. Something like that. Whatever. Most of them. We only missed one or two. Anyway, so during the Dem debate watch party on Tuesday, which was hosted by CBS, we were in the middle of the show. Suddenly, I saw that the stream had stopped. I didn't know why. I Sometimes we have problems where something happens with the Internet. I immediately started another stream. And then after about five minutes, the stream shut down. Basically, we were shut down for violating CBS's copyrights to the Democratic debate. So I didn't realize that the first time. So I got a warning, but I wasn't reading my email because I was on the air. And then when we restarted the stream, that became our first strike. So they put us in a timeout for a week. So I'm completely blocked from posting, not just a live stream, even posting to the listeners that the show will not be on YouTube. We have been erased from YouTube for the week. And I also, of course, I submitted a, what do you call it? You know, uh, an appeal, right, to YouTube. How is this okay? CBS owns the Democratic debate. They own Democratic discourse in this country. A giant corporation and another giant corporation protecting its ass owns Democratic discourse. That's what we were doing. Watching the goddamn Democratic debate together as a community and discussing it. But CBS shut it down. And then I, in my... Naivete, I assumed immediately, of course, it's a mistake. They'll, 
it's it's an al- algorithm that goes off when whatever this has happened before where something is muted because it's violating copyright or whatever okay it's a mistake they will rectify it i will be restored so i submitted the appeal and i received an uh, a response to the appeal today which was rejected that's all it said rejected it doesn't give you an explanation it says it's it's just you're rejected and you're in the doghouse for te- for a week so what does this say to the independent liberal producer shut your fucking mouths and stay in your place you are nothing we are everything you we own you we have you by the balls so i started saying to myself what why am i risking everything because we're on these channels we're trying to build up a community and we're trying to make it so we can compete so we can be some um have a a place at the seat at the goddamn table we don't even want we just want to look in the window when they're when they're around the table you know what i mean you don't even you can put us at the goddamn kids table but they they pulled the plug on the entire channel so i'm like why am i putting in all this energy for to build up this channel when some scummy filthy anti-democratic corporate monster can come in and pull the plug for us committing the crime of trying to participate in democratic discourse don't you see that's not what they want they don't want us participating in democratic discourse we we, they want us to shut the f up watch uh dancing with the stars watch whatever bullshit reality tv show don't don't participate in democracy because democracy is nothing but a commodity it's uh, like everything else like me and you like uh all of the other idiots in this country that proclaim in their stupidity that they're capitalists while they're working their three uniquely american low-paying jobs to not even retire in in this lifetime or the goddamn next i am so pissed off and also i'm i i got to the point and i was just saying why i was saying to myself what the fuck am i bothering to do this so we can build up a community so they can come in for no fucking reason and pull the plug on us for doing what we're supposed to be doing as good citizens but that's don't you see that's the game we're not good citizens we're good citizens if we consume go out and buy something we're not supposed to be pestering our betters and let me tell you this happened one time before in 2012 i was reminded myself i said self this happened to us before self I don't talk to myself like that. I'm not kidding. I'm, I, I'm only kidding. I mean, I don't speak to myself. I wish I did. I wish I could. I wish I had multiple personalities. Maybe one of them would be happy to be here uh, in this effing country. But so a few years ago, 2012, I was with Mike Malloy. We went down to Washington while the scumbags, the corporate suck lick spittles and suck sycophants were debating Obamacare and 
Mike Malloy was on a radio row hosted by Families USA, interviewing many different, uh, you know, people who had interests in, in health care, including representatives and senators and whoever the hell else was wandering down the street. I was um, there to help Mike do the show, help him wrangle guests, help get the guests ready for, for meeting Mike, blah, 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 keep the show flowing. One of the guests was Dennis Kucinich. We, you know, and I filmed the interviews. That's the other thing. And I put the interviews on YouTube. And, and Dennis Kucinich and Mike had a nice conversation on health care. And so life goes on. These, U- these YouTube videos are up there. One day I get an email from YouTube saying that my videos have been removed. All, my, all the Mike Malloy videos that we put up there of Mike interviewing different people in, involved in healthcare, including Dennis Kucinich. And they were removed for violating community standards. What, what fucking community standards? So I reached out to them, and initially it said, you can appeal this decision. So I appealed. And a couple of days later, I got a response from them. Upon manual review, the videos have remained disabled. You, I, I'm trying to remember. I have, I, I kept the, I kept it. I kept all the correspondence. Um, let's see. The videos you posted were in violation of YouTube's terms of use as reported by users and verified by the YouTube ch- team. So they looked at a video. Let me play you. Here's the video. Um, let's see. Here we go. Where are you guys? I'll show you my screen. That's what I'm looking at right now. This is the video with Mike Malloy and Dennis Kucinich. Right now, I have I'll just forward. System. And because of my position, I became centrally involved in the debate uh, towards the end of affordable care as to whether or not we could even have a uh, public option. Mm-hmm. I pushed through uh, a committee vote, uh, a, the ability of states to be able to have to set up a single-payer plan. And that still stands, My the amendment I got through committee, as <laughs> this a sign is the of the video. of single-payer down the road. Mm-hmm. But this bill right now, which is being debated, that uh, YouTube heard, reviewed the at the Supreme Court, and found in violation has the of their community standards. Companies. We'll determine whether or not insurance companies will have carte blanche to keep jacking up the rates mm-hmm. and sending people into bankruptcy. So it is important that we uphold this bill. And if it's not upheld, then we Can have to start Can you see why it's in violation of community standards? Given the, the so many things in this country right now politically that really suck, first of all, the, uh, the hard right that has so much influence on what happens, whether it's media or, or in the Congress and the Supreme Court, what is, what is your best guess? As to what's going to happen, I realize this is a tea leaf reading, <laughs> but your best guess as to what's going to yes, happen. Yes, too benign, the, 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 right, the, Haiku? The political nature of this court. Unbelievable. And it is political. Anyway. Well, uh, so, hold on. Let me shut this off. Yeah, so that's what YouTube said. Upon manual review, we have maintained and upheld our original decision that these videos are in violation of community standards. I could not believe it at the time. I was like, what? 
how is that a violation of community standards? So because Dennis Kucinich was in this video, I reached out to Kucinich's office to let them know that these videos were being removed from from YouTube because they're in violation of community standards. So to make a long story short, I got I I then received an email from YouTube saying that whoopsie upon further further review the videos have been restored so um according to them they they watched those those youtube videos and took them down because they were in violation of community standards after reviewing them with their own beautiful eyes and they saw that they were very offensive to their sensible youtube selves for whatever reason and I don't know what changed their mind other than they were contacted by somebody who has some actual power and not somebody like me or you. And this is what we're up against. So let me ask you guys what you think. Do you think it's a violation of the community for members of that community to gather and watch a democratic goddamn debate? I don't know. I suppose it is. If you're a, a behemoth and the last thing you want is for we the sheeple to get a little uppity and think that we have something to say about who gets to represent us, that we want a government that works for more than just the billionaires and trillionaires who play with us like, like like my cats play with their uh, with their balls of yarn. I'm so pissed off right now. I didn't really want to do a show, like I said. I felt like fuck it. You know what? I'll just be like the rest of every of everyone and I won't give a shit. Tune it out. Who cares? You know what? It's life is too short to deal with this shit. And the fact remains that I am, if I, like, I'm putting my cards on the table here, trying to, to, do, to do this show, trying to, you know, uh, do something um, to build a community, to make something that uh, ha is, you know, uh, that can contend with the corporate media, but we're doing it together. We're doing it one one step at a time. And there's a long way to go. We don't have billionaire benefactors. And I'm frankly effing tired of being squashed by corporations and having absolutely no say because it's the, what's so frustrating is dealing with these social media behemoths who are running rampant over everyone who they can come in and, and just pull the plug on your endeavors for doing what? What? Because uh, we have held democratic debate watch parties for every other goddamn debate. So why would this one be any different? Why would this one be a violation of community standards? And why is it that they think the community standards is that a private effing corporation should own our democratic discourse? How is that okay? I don't know. It's hard to sell. I can't see anybody.
So I'm basically talking to I there's a two there's two people I see. All of the audience that we built on YouTube, they probably like, where the fuck are you? I wasn't able to even post to the YouTube community where we are, that we're still broadcasting. Because this is what they can do. So uh, we're all taking a chance. So what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to continue to do this? And then one day when they feel that for whatever fucking reason, they could just pull the plug on the entire endeavor for, for no reason. Maybe today it's okay to play a video of uh, Mike Malloy interviewing Dennis Kucinich, but maybe tomorrow it won't be okay. So who's to tell? Who's to know? And then when you ask them to manually review it, do you, do you think that there's any recourse to that? Who is manually reviewing it? Is it some right-wing fucking asshole, sycophant of an orange baboon who thinks it's funny to come in and squash the independent liberal media that don't have the Mercer family? That we don't have big billionaire benefactors. We don't have people like MSNBC putting us on the air like they do on Fox. You see, if we were a right-wing channel, they'd have us right on Fox. That's what they do. They put any r- obscure right-wing independent, lib- um, I mean, not liberal, independent broadcaster, any, any right-wing nut, they put them right on Fox News. There's no, you, and all you got to do is watch. That's what they do. Because the, the fascists understand that they have to own the media because they don't have anything in reality to boast about. But here... In reality, here in the, in, in the world, uh, the liberals, they don't do that. They don't do that on MSNBC because haven't you been noticing that MSNBC and Fox News, the only difference between them is slim to none because they're both trying to advance a pro-corporate kiss-up, kick-down agenda of the elites, except one's a little more kinder and gentler to the sheeple. They won't, they won't get all bent out of shape if somebody with the non-appropriate quote-unquote pee-pee enters a non-appropriate quote-unquote bathroom. That's the kind of fascism they like. But they're all um, working for the same corporations. So who stands up for us? We don't have, I, I mean, really, it's, it's here I'm taking a chance. I don't have the energy to continue to just build up a whole other fucking platform. Honestly. So I I was just like, why don't I get the hell out of this country? Why don't I sell my apartment? I'm lucky enough. I bought this apartment years ago. Years and years ago. Now I couldn't afford it. But I'm glad I did it when I did. And I got sell this fucking bitch and get the fuck out of here. And I'll say, you know what? Life is too short to be squashed like a bug by these goddamn transnational corporations because of, well, I am nothing to them. The blood, sweat, and tears that we put into trying to get the word out 
about the liberal policies that built the goddamn middle class to begin with are nothing in comparison to the indifference and the just complete the 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 completely owned media that we're up against <sighs> I'm sorry I'm yelling I know I'm yelling this show is just like yelling why do you want to even listen to the show anyway it's just like a some fucking bitch yelling in your ears <sighs> anyway, what time is it? Oh, is it almost over? Yeah, I'm in such a pissed off mood. I can't even. I I said to myself, what? Do, why am I even having a show tonight? I'm so mad that it's uh, it's not even. What's so? What's so? What's gonna be good? What's gonna be good about the show? Is this even a show, or is it just a meltdown? But this is what we're up against. So I wrote a letter to my congressperson and honestly I don't I have little to no hope that there's going to be anything done so I wrote to AOC my congressperson saying like do you think it's okay that a private corporation owns the democratic debate that they can come in and squash an independent liberal producer after how many debates that we did What's to what is to show or to say to me? Oh, we can't do this debate because that's stealing somebody's copyright. We're stealing a copyright to broadcast the fucking debate. Are you serious? We we're people getting together to watch the debate and discuss it, and they they put me in the corner for that. I'm a bad little girl. You got to be quiet. Shush, shush, shush. Shush, little peon. Shush, little pleb. Get, go and think about what you've done. Think about how you're going to improve to be part of the community. We don't need you violating community standards like participating in democracy. We don't need that. We want you not to participate in democracy. Perhaps I'll give you makeup tips. If I ever learn any myself, I'll share them with you. Or we could do videos where I can, I'll, I'll, I'll ride down um, a stairs in a shopping cart. Ha 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 ha. Because that's the kind of shit, the bread and circus bullshit that they can abide in us. We the peons. Not, not, not participating in democracy. Do not dare to get your, your viewers together to watch a debate of candidates who want to run this effing country. Who the, the pivotal choices between do we have a nation of, by, and for the people or of, by, and for the corporations. Because that's the choice. Oh, we're not going to undo capitalism because capitalism is working out so brilliantly for everyone. You know, capitalism that gave us beautiful things like the Middle Passage and climate change. Capitalism that just pulled the plug on my channel 
for making the mistake of trying to participate in democracy. I'm pissed off. And, he, well, what's, what's odd, too, is that according to, because I've been having this public spat now with, with YouTube for a couple of days, I was so sure they were going to restore the channel. Like, they were going to say, oopsie, oopsie doopsie, sorry. Sorry, you dumb bitch. No, no. They, the, their decision stands, just like it, st- it stood the last time when they said that Dennis Kucinich and Mike Malloy having a conversation about health care was in violation of community standards after a manual review. W- which, I mean, come on. But someone on, the, on my Twitter feed sent me, or they tagged, they saw the, the, what was going on. Because I'm like, hello, can somebody please respond to this shit? And, um, yeah, apparently the Twitch channels were taken down as well, but they were restored. See, my Twitch channel was also taken down, but it was restored with an apology from Twitch. According to Mashable, and here's an article, it says, by uh, Matt Binder, who we know, a fake copyright infringement claim resulted in the removal of some Twitch's biggest political channels. On Tuesday night, a number of popular left-leaning Twitch streamers found that their channels had shut down during the live stream of coverage of the South Carolina Democratic Party debate. The streamers who were issued a ban include uh, many... Chapo Trap House Majority Report, Bad Bunny, David Pakman, I'm not on this list, The Progressive Voice, Justin Young. These are channels pro- provide explicitly progressive or leftist commentary. Tens of thousands of viewers were following along with the debate across these Twitch channels. According to the message issued by the streaming platform, a, a copyright strike was levied on the streamers on behalf of CBS News the host of the night's political debate. The claimant, however, was not CBS, but a company called Praxis Political Legal. After researching the firm, the Twitch streamers were unconvinced that Praxis Political Legal actually represented CBS News and concluded these were fraudulent copyright claims. Twitch, the popular gaming live stream platform owned by Amazon, confirmed to Mashable on Wednesday that that an investigation into the claims was deemed that deemed that they were false. Twitch's investigation has determined that the alleged copyright infringement notices de- directed to channels from Praxis Political are false. Twitch is reinstating access to each account and removing any strike attributed to the channel. Effective immediately. We regret that a false notice from a third party disrupted any of our streamers. Blah, 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 blah. So I just assumed that, okay... Just like on Twitch, my channel will also be restored on YouTube. But according to YouTube, my violation, which they don't, they don't even, re- they don't even explain. It says it's such a broad um, category. It's, wait, I'm trying to find it. who cares, right? Nobody's like, everybody's probably like, fucking, who cares about this shit? We want to, um, we want video, we want to see you roll down a hill in a shopping cart. I'm sure some of you do. 
I would like this. I'd do that. I would. Why not? Maybe I would be happier if I did that. Yeah, so I can't upload. I can't stream. I can't post. Where is it? Where the fuck is it? So the strike says... Spam, deceptive practices, or scams. It's a very broad umbrella that they've hit you that they hit you with. And so what does that mean? You look into it. What are you what are you talking about? Spam, deceptive practices, and scams. Having a democratic debate watch party is a scam? Is a sp it's spam. So it's a, so under the explanation oh examples here's um posting content that f that is misleading manipulated media scams voter suppression suppressing the census candidate eligibility incentive spam comment spam repetitive comments Live stream abuse. Live streams intended to stream content that belongs to somebody else. This is what they got us with. So this entire umbrella, this broad stroke of what? So we weren't engaging in deceptive practices when we, when we had a watch party when MSNBC hosted the debate or when PBS hosted, or when CNN hosted, just when CBS hosted the debate. I see. And that policy stands. I'm uh, beside myself. And also, it's a warning, frankly, because what, what am I supposed to do? Suddenly, I'm not that big, obviously. And suddenly... You know, like, they didn't even list me in that fucking article. I don't have many followers up to the point of the majority report. That's because liberal media, let me tell you another secret. Honestly, I'm really pissed off, so I shouldn't really be talking out of school. But they're not as, um, what's the word? Um, supportive. Let's put it that way. Okay? They're not as supportive. Who's sending me? Uh, I think I told you. I tried to, I asked, I reached out. And let me see. Somebody, hey, Tara, love you. I hope all works out. A blue dot in Texas. Who is this? Oh, was kicked off YouTube for 30 days because he broadcasted CNN for a follow along on his show. Unbelievable. There was not a chat on Facebook and no YouTube, as you know. Love it when you yell. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. If at least you love it. I don't love it. That's who wrote me this. This is Glenn Karen. I hope I, I hope I'm promote I mean uh pronouncing your name correctly and I love your name. I think it's a beautiful Irish name. But I have a hard time pronouncing words sometimes. But anyway, yeah, I'm not in the mood to get kicked off of anything and I'm all see it because here's the thing I I'm trying to think about it if I was in my therapist's office and he he'd say why are you so angry you know I would say to myself 
let me get in touch with my feelings. Why am I so angry? Of course, it affects my livelihood. This is one of Maslow's hierarchies of needs. I, where I, I live stream because I believe in this. I could not do this if I didn't believe in it. But it also is part of my livelihood. You know what I mean? The point being that ultimately I would like to make it the main point of my lively, livelihood and do this full time. Because that's what it's going to take to take over this country, to take it back from the fascists. It cannot be a, a, a part-time affair. And I wish I was independently wealthy and I didn't have to worry about this. But my father was a garbage man. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't uh, a con man like Twitler. I didn't, in I didn't inherit anything I, except uh, my good looks. I just said that for my father because he would laugh at that. And um, so you're, it's a real risk to, to do this. You, you put your head out on the chopping block to be chopped off. And after, you know what I mean? Like if I should be, what I'm saying to myself is that they're attacking my livelihood. They're attacking not just, but it's not just my livelihood. They're attacking, it, uh, wait, all right, I'm trying to get my, my words and my thoughts together. It's not that it's just my livelihood. It, it is re, it's reconfirmation about what we're up against and just how powerless I truly am in the scheme of things. Do you know what I mean? Okay, Libby, Libby who just texted again. Glenn Cairn, Libby, my pal on Facebook. Yes, so all the community is all around now. We, we're broadcasting on Facebook, on Twitch, on Periscope, on Twitter. So, okay, so it's not just the livelihood. It's also the fact that it reconfirms to me just how powerless I truly am in the face of what we're up against, and it feels insurmountable. Why, I'm, uh, why, why am I even bothering? You're, it's like I would never get in the ring with Muhammad Ali. I'm not that stupid. You know what I mean? I, I understand that he would kick my ass. <laughs> and it's the same thing here. We have no power. Who, who will fight for us? We can scream and yell all we want, but the truth is they will come in and pull the plug at any time. We broadcast at, uh, on a daily basis at their, at their uh, go, uh, good graces. And there's nothing you can do. So when they come in and... I. And as I said, I was completely convinced that they were going to restore the channel. It was a mistake. They made a mistake. An algorithm got s triggered somehow. Something got, went off, especially when I read that tr Twitch article. But no, the decision stands just like back in the day. But unfortunately, this time, I'm the only one in the video. Th I don't have Dennis Kucinich in my corner. 
So I reached out to AOC. I wrote a letter. We'll see what happens. Probably nothing. And there you go again. What, what are we going to do? We're at their mercy. And this is why we don't want unchecked corporate power. It's another case in point why we can't, you know, why we have to be in this together. Why government has to be strong enough to challenge this corporate power. And who the fuck is YouTube to say that we the people can't get together and have a watch party? for the goddamn Democratic Party debate. And who is CBS to own the Democratic Party debate? Why is a private company owning a Democratic debate? That's not okay. And I got to tell you, I was a little pissed off. I was saying to a a friend of mine who is so fucking optimistic. I want to, I'm so sick of it. I want to choke her. You know what I mean? It's not, I mean, good, good. I'm glad you're optimistic. You're always trying to find the bright side, always trying to think uh, the best of people. Well, not everything is the best. Because she's saying, oh, well, maybe um, CBS, you should contact CBS. They probably, maybe CBS um, is the one you should, uh, you know, who they made a mistake. And, and like CBS gives a shit. YouTube and CBS, if YouTube gave a crap, they would have restored the account and said, sorry, but you see, I am on their YouTube platform. It's not, you don't have a constitutional right to broadcast on YouTube. They can pull the plug at any time. But honestly, if I th- I wouldn't go on and broadcast a- and have a watch party for you know, what's a CBS show? Uh, Mom? What's CBS? You know what I mean? CBS shows. Let's see. Survivor. Okay. NCIS. Criminal Minds. Let's get together on Tower Buster and have a young Sheldon watch party. That's not what we were doing. We were having a Democratic debate watch party. Who the fuck thinks that a private corporation has the right to own democratic discourse, the democratic debate. But this is what we're up against. The Democratic Party, the Democratic debate, like, they're selling ads on the goddamn democratic debate. And who are they selling ads to? They're selling ads uh, to Bloomberg. You watch MSNBC. They're selling ads every day I watch MSNBC. I don't know why, because I'm a glutton for punishment. And they're selling ads to the, the Buttigieg campaign, are, are running ads about what a great movement. In the movement, no one thought we'd get this far in our movement. What kind of movement does Buttigieg have? Of privileged white sociopaths? who pretend that they have endorsements from black business owners? That's a pretty narrow niche, if you ask me. But who's, who bought ads on the Democratic debate? The insurance racketeers who want to stop Medicare for all. Bloomberg, who wants to buy government. And 
us, we the sheeple, we the peons, we get together to watch the Democratic debate and discuss it, and the fucking giant corporation pulls the plug and says, you bad little girl, get in the corner, shut your mouth, we own you, bitch. (sighs) And yeah, it sucks. I'm pissed, and I have to reevaluate my life once again. Oh, guys, and we have, like, you know, you. there are some people on the chat, I see, but the, everybody's all over the place, and we need, you know, all of our viewers are, where, where they're, where the hell are they? And I also, I'm pissed off. Now that I'm on the pity party, I'm having a pity party and you're all invited. Um, Yeah. And I lost a patron. Okay. So all these things go together. See, I don't have a lot of patrons. So when we lose a patron, um, we lose a patron. I notice it. It's not like I don't know you. So I understand people... They become patrons and they don't become patrons for different reasons. It may not be personal. Who the fuck knows? Where is Francis Jr.? He's a good boy. Let him kill. I want him to practice killing. He needs to keep killing. He's a good boy. Murdering, like I told him. So, I, all of these things come together... And I say, what's the point? Maybe I should sell the goddamn house and get the fuck out of this country for good. Uh, how many more years do I got left on this on this earth? You know what I mean? I lived a good life sometimes. Not all the time. What am I doing? Yelling into the, into the void until... Uh, until YouTube pulls the plug. It's a problem. That's where we get the primarily, um, you know, the, the super chats. That's, that stuff helps get through. I'm going to walk. That's the other thing. I, I af- I'm afraid this is because, okay, all right, all right. Everything sucks. That's the bottom line. Everything sucks. The liberal, the so-called liberal pundits, that, that who the fuck will support us? And I'm telling you, let me tell you a story. I'm, I don't even give a shit. Don't, don't, talk, don't tell anybody, okay? We asked a liberal, a very large liberal broadcaster to do the show a favor. Okay, we're both on this one. We're on Progressive Voices. There are many people on Progressive Voices. I'm not going to tell you exactly who it is because whatever. I guess that's not nice. And anyway, let me tell you a story. This person is not really that liberal. And if you guess who it is, whatever. But we asked this person if they could put a link, put our fucking link to Tara Buster on their effing website. You know, a little bit of promotion. You know what I mean? So we help each other. The liberals helping liberals and that kind of bullshit and you know what that person said no because we weren't that popular you see this is what the excuse was they we're not that popular yet and i said to 
the intermediary. Well, perhaps we'd be a little bit more popular if we had a little bit of fucking help. You know? So, and then I complained to our good friend Poppy, who is a good friend, (laughs) as we know. And she explained to me that she knows this person very well. And she also told me that this person isn't even a liberal. And and that she's surprised that they even have a liberal talk show. Because they're not liberal. And in fact, what she said was that they're not even that nice. Okay? Not liberal, not nice. This is what we're talking about. They're not, we have liberals pretending to be liberals. They have giant talk shows with, with big listeners, but large, not just big people. Not big, you know, metaphorically, a lot of them. And anyway, so the other, when the shoe's on the other foot, when people come to me and they say, can you put your, my link on your website or whatever the fuck, I say, yes, that's what we do, right? We're in this together. So it gets me really pissed off after I, uh, when I reach out for help to other liberals, so-called, quote-unquote, liberals, and we get the, Because mm. that's why we're in the boat we're in, frankly. It really is. Because the other thing when you look at go on fox news who 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 they put who the fuck is um who's those two you know those two uh black women what's those people what's their name somebody on the chat will tell me you know those two women something and something <laughs> They're, let me see, black, I'm going to look it up, black, conservative. It's on the tip of my tongue. Diamond and Silk, yes, those two bitches. Who the fuck are Diamond and Silk? You know why they are somebody? Not just because they're black. And if you're a black conservative, Fox News will put you, they'll put you in the A block on every show for months. That's just the way it works. It's because they promoted them on Fox News. And who the fuck are they? They're, they are nothing. They're YouTubers. Until Fox News g- glommed onto them and put them on to a national platform. They don't do that with liberal broadcasters. They wouldn't do that with me. We can't even get our own people, so-called, who are on our own platforms to promote, to cross-promote for us. Much less MSNBC. Are you kidding me? MSNBC, please. So it's an uphill battle all around. And we're really, we're really liberal. I'm not, I could not fake this. I don't know why somebody would want to. And frankly, like Mike Malloy told me that story years ago about Sean Hannity where he, because they were in the same circles. In fact, you know, it's so weird. I, I heard Tom Hartman telling this story, but I believe it was Mike Malloy's story, or unless he had a similar story. But I heard on the air him telling the story, and I was like, that's Mike Malloy's story. But unless he had a similar experience, that could be too. 
or it might be one of those weird things where somebody tells you a story and then you hear it and like 20 years later you're telling the story as if it's yours you know what I mean but yeah Mike was in Atlanta he lives in Atlanta as you know and so did Sean Hannity and they ran in the same circles of radio people they knew similar people and they were at a party Sean Hannity comes over to Mike Malloy and says to him, you're still doing that liberal talk? The money's in conservatism. So there you go. That's who Sean Hannity is. And Mike also told me that Sean Hannity is one of the stupid people. He, mo- the stupidest person, one of the stupidest people he's ever met. <laughs> I can't talk, but well, that don't make me stupid. But... Yeah, he's never had an original thought since Zygote. He is nothing but a greed-centered sponge, a lick spittle, a, a pure lick spittle in, in the worst sense, I mean, as if there could be a good sense. Just a disgusting human being. And that's who we, who is uh, breathing life into the corpse of conservatism. A zombie that will never die. Who is running around this country like like it owns the fucking joint. And it doesn't. We own it. But, you know, we've been told that we are capitalists. I know. I'm so sick of it. Anyway, all right. I've been going on for 50 minutes about my, my life. Not my pathetic show, how my show sucks, how nobody likes it, how we're losing patrons, and now YouTube has squashed me like a bug. I think that's probably enough. I'm just pissed off. And like I said, I guess this show, we're doing the show, I wasn't going to do a show. I was going to just say, fuck it. I'm not doing a show. I'm pissed. It really is difficult. Because... When you get your worst fears confirmed, you know what I mean? How you really are a nothing. How corporations really do own everything. We're at their mercy. And this is why we need a check on them. Even, I mean, something like YouTube. Yeah, like I was saying, there is no right to broadcast on YouTube. But there should be some kind of human interaction to explain what the fuck is going on if they turn around one day and decide to pull the plug on your show, on your livelihood, on the, th- on the thing that you've been building. How is that okay? You, they could just turn around and X, put an X on it with no explanation, with no... You oh that you could appeal like as if they actually watched and uh and because if they, the, the, if they actually watched it would their how could they uphold their own appeal it makes no sense and if that's the case then tell me don't give me this broad email about spam and deceptive practices and 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 on the bottom of line ten 
uh, inserted into section B, it says don't broadcast uh, someone else's copyrighted material. And if that's what they're talking about, the democratic debate, we need a conversation about that. CBS owns the debate? So if that's the case, then why didn't MSNBC own the debate? Why didn't PBS own the debate? Or CNN? But no, you can't even respond. There's no people there. So, just like the last time. Remember the last time when they said the Dennis Kucinich video is violating community standards, they had made their final answer until a goddamn congressman got involved. So if that doesn't tell you what we have to do, this is why we have to get some power back. The corporation should be afraid of us. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't just be okay that some private corporation, and this is what it is when you're dealing with these corporate entities, especially the social media, you're not talking to people. There's nobody there. You're in a void. You going around in a loop constantly. And there's nothing you can do. They shut you down. They put you in time out for nothing. This is what I'm saying. If I did something wrong, okay, I would be like, okay, that's fucked up, but I deserved it. But tell me, is that, is, is having a Democratic debate watch party, is that really a violation of co- the community? How does that violate the community standards and what are the community standards if that's the case if that's the case if that's a violation of community standards then i want to get the fuck out of this community if having a watch party watching the democratic debate of participating in democratic discourse is a violation of community standards then get me the fuck out of this community <sighs> This community is bullshit then. And we're all in this pantomime of democracy. Because at any moment, they can squash you. You're not really supposed to participate in democracy, boobies. Please, keep your community. Fuck the community. They don't give a shit about the community. What's the community? You're nothing to the community. You're nothing but a host from which to suck profit. And then not the community. The community is not sucking profit. The corporations will suck those profits, please, and discard without even an apology or a thank you. So, God damn it, I'm sick of it. And we'll see what happens with AOC if there's even a response Unbelievable. And if I'm the only, I, I know I'm not the only one dealing with this, but well, how is this okay? There has to be some kind of recourse. Because now, let me tell you, who the fuck knows what I'm going to be doing wrong? Who knows? Did I think that having a Democratic deba- debate watch party was going to rob me, was going to pick my pocket for a week? No. Who the hell? I mean, no. Why would I think that when we had done that many times? And who the hell would think it's okay that a private corporation owns the debate? 
I'm, I'm still trying to get my mind around that. <sighs> I know. I'm sorry. Fuck them all. And there's nothing you can do. So when I go into YouTube and it's there's a little check there by my community, it says community standards, and there's a violation red mark, you bad little girl, active community strikes, appeal rejected, upon review confirm this, we confirm that this content violates the community guidelines and no further appeal is possible. But no explanation. What community guidelines did I violate? No explanation. Nothing. You know, they don't have to explain. You, they owe us no explanation. You're just to shut the fuck up and pay your bills, pay your taxes so the rich can get richer and you can get zero for your efforts and allow these corporations to ride our socialist roads and use the fruits of our socialist labor that the teachers who taught us to read and, uh, and write, and now we get to work at, at uh, YouTube companies, let them all take the fruit of our labors and the courts that enforce their contracts to keep us all in our place. But they don't owe us shit obviously, and let us pay the taxes because they won't trust us. CBS, YouTube, all Google, whoever hell, the hell else, we are at their mercy. And you think it's, if it's just me, I'd like to, you know, I don't think I'm, it's just me. It's other people. Of course other people are dealing with this shit. But there you go. I'm... I got to know why, how, how is this okay? Somebody, if there, if anyone hears this show and can answer these questions, please contact me at contact at Republican Dirty Tricks or tweet, tweet at me, somebody from YouTube. Why, why is this okay? How is this okay? Why is, are people okay with it? Is it okay that co- private companies own the democratic debate? I don't think so. This is, uh, it goes to show you what we're up against, that we the sheeple, you know, we, we, go, we go on this show every week and we try to scream at the, the gigantic monsters that are under our beds and in our faces, but nothing Nothing ha- is changing. Obviously, they don't, there's no, they're not, um, they don't give a shit. They can squash me at any time. What would it be if they just pulled the plug permanently? Because next time I walk into a trap somehow, it'll be, well, the channel will be down for two weeks. And then after that, it'll be three months. And after that, wh- what do you do? What do you do in these situations? This is all to get us to go away, I guess. They own it all. They own the discourse. They own the, They sell ads. You know, they're selling ads in between Buttigieg's talking points against Medicare for All. They're selling ads to the insurance company. And here we are pantomiming democracy, but as you see, 
they just pulled the plug on democracy. When the fuck did this happen? That a private company owns the debate. When did this happen? It used to be, wasn't it the League of Women Voters or something like that? How is this something that the American people are okay with, honestly? Oh, God. I'm just, uh, let me see, what time is it? This show sucks, I know, whatever. Don't be a patron then, what can I tell you? Join our, join whoever else just left the patron. I'm trying, I'm not trying to make people feel bad. I am, I don't know, I feel bad. So I guess I want everybody to feel bad. I don't, no, that's not true. I don't want everybody to feel bad. I'm not like that. I'm not like Trump. I just want to make a difference. I'm trying to make something, uh, make it better. Make this fucking country better. I don't think it's better when private corporations can squelch public discourse about democracy, democratic discourse. How is that better? And I don't think it's okay that a private company can just say, sorry, we reviewed your Democratic Party watch part, Democratic debate watch party, and it's in violation of community standards. You fucking bastards. How? And who's, who is appealing? Who is um, making these judgments? I want to know. Who made the judgment? Who watched the video and said, oh, yeah, that's a violation of community standards? I want to know. That's why it's so frustrating to deal with this, the, these, these social media outlets. It's the same thing that happened when they, I was off Twitter for a month. They, all of a sudden, I, my account disappeared. Then a month later, oh, we're sorry we made a mistake. At least they made a mistake. And they admitted it, and they said sorry. But it was for a month, yelling into the wind. And now somebody's fucking knocking on my door? I'm going to take a break and see what the hell is going on. We have a an eight-minute... It's a perfect time for a break anyway. I need to, I need to make some tea. We're going to do Green News Report, Labor History in Two. I don't know why somebody's ringing my bell. All right, guys. My name is Tara Devlin. Hopefully I'll be back on the other side of the break. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. We have the necessity, the moral imperative to address the existential threat of climate change. CBS News ignores the climate crisis in South Carolina debate, but candidates don't. J.P. Morgan economists warn climate change threatens human survival. Plus, a huge ball of fire in the center of the refinery. Yet another refinery explodes, this time in Southern California. All of those explosive stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. It's an easy word, but it's a very complicated word. When you think of it, it's called water. Huh, that is complicated. 
What's it called again? Water. Very interesting. Thank you, Mr. President. This is your Green News Report. But it can help us to a level that nobody can believe. Okay, Desi Doyen, seems like we've got a lot of refinery explosions of late, most of them in Texas, but now we got another one right here in Southern California. Yep, uh, the largest refinery on the West Coast, the Marathon Petroleum Refinery, located south of Los Angeles, exploded on Tuesday night. Multiple explosions, flames, and billowing smoke forced the closure of the famously busy 405 freeway. Mm. No injuries were reported, and the cause remains under investigation. Nearby residents were told to shelter in place until the fire was extinguished many hours later. Fire officials, however, said air quality was within acceptable. Acceptable levels. Acceptable levels, whatever that means. Yep. A new report from one of the world's largest banks warns that climate change is a threat to human existence, but you'd never know it from watching the Democratic presidential primary debate in South Carolina on Tuesday night. We got to hear about the candidates' personal mottos, but the CBS News moderators asked zero questions about climate policy. Well, it's not all that important. Yeah, it's just the multi-generational challenge that's going to face everyone on the planet for the next several centuries. Oh, you. The only time the climate crisis was mentioned was when the candidates raised it themselves. Here are all 40 seconds of climate in the two-hour debate with billionaire Tom Steyer, Senator Elizabeth Warren, billionaire Michael Bloomberg, Vice President Joe Biden, and Senator Bernie Sanders. I got into this race to make sure we had climate justice for the American people. The filibuster is giving a veto to the oil industry. Climate change, which is clearly a global crisis, requiring international cooperation. We have to deal with China if we're ever going to solve the climate crisis. And this is a guy who I was able to convince should join the international agreement at the Paris Agreement, climate change, which is a global problem that ha- where we need U.S. leadership. The biggest threat to America right now is climate. We have the necessity, the moral imperative to address the existential threat of climate change. So that sounds like they were talking about it a lot, but this was a two-hour debate. And that clip, 40 seconds or so, was literally every single comment about climate change in the entire two-hour debate. Yep. Even Democratic South Carolina Congressman Joe Cunningham said he was dismayed by the lack of climate questions because, quote, we are sitting at sea level. It is 2020, and CBS News is still failing the test of informing the electorate. CBS's failure is all the more remarkable in the wake of a leaked internal report from J.P. Morgan, one of the world's largest banks. J.P. Morgan economists warned in stark terms that the climate crisis, quote, could end human life as we know it. The leaked report warns the world is seriously underestimating the adverse impacts and costs of climate change, concluding, quote, we cannot rule out catastrophic outcomes where human life as we know it is threatened. We can't get a government to properly deal with a global pandemic killing people right now. You think we're going to get them to give a damn about something that's going to happen 5, 10, 20 years from now? Good point. Thanks. J.P. Morgan on Monday announced it will, however, end financing of Arctic drilling projects and some coal companies. Good. Environmental groups agree they call it good, but weak, since the bank remains one of the world's biggest backers of fossil fuel projects by far. Mm. 
Climate change will also seriously reduce water flows on the Colorado River, one of the primary sources of water for the western United States. Demand already outstrips supply for the seven western states that rely on the river. The new study by the U.S. Geological Survey projects severe water shortages in Colorado River flow, estimating it could dwindle by as much as 30 percent by 2050. Well, Donald Trump was out here in California just about a week ago, and he told us all that it was a fake man-made drought. There's no problem here at all, Des. Finally, a bit of good news. Electric vehicle sales are soaring in Europe. EV sales grew more than 50% over the last year in Europe, but they dropped 9% in the United States. Analysts at S&P Global Platts attributed that to very limited availability of electric models for U.S. consumers to buy. This week, General Motors unveiled an all-electric crossover vehicle with a 250-mile battery range at a base price of just $24,000, but it's only available for folks in China. For much more on all of these stories, if you can stand it, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your Green News Report. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1940. That was the day that Screen Actors Guild union member Hattie McDaniel became the first African-American to win an Oscar. She won Best Supporting Actress for the role of Mammy in the classic movie Gone with the Wind. During the course of her career, Hattie McDaniel portrayed either an enslaved person, a maid, or a cook nearly 100 times. For black actors and actresses in Hollywood, opportunities for work were often limited to playing these kind of characters. In real life, the actress was only one generation away from slavery. Both of her parents had been enslaved. Her father enlisted to fight in the Civil War after the Emancipation Proclamation. During her career, McDaniel frequently came under criticism from groups such as the NAACP for the type of characters she played on screen. She reportedly responded by declaring, I would rather make $700 a week playing a maid than being one. Black actresses and actors faced discrimination that went beyond the roles they were offered. McDaniel and other black cast members were not allowed to attend the premiere of Gone with the Wind in Atlanta. The Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, which hosted the 1940 Oscar ceremony, did not allow black patrons. McDaniel had to receive special permission to attend the event. She was not permitted, however, to sit with the rest of the cast and instead had to sit at a small table against the wall. In 87 years, only 14 black actors and actresses have received an award from the Academy. In 2016, not one person of color was nominated for an acting category. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. Welcome back, I think. Guys, thanks for hanging out, for sticking with the show, even though it's a nightmare come to fruition. I'm I'm living a surrealistic nightmare. It's called life here in the United States of serfs and lords. And we all know this past hour that I went nuts. I am nuts about the fact that YouTube fucking shut me down. Okay, we're not going to repeat that for another hour. I get it. 
Um, if you work for YouTube, if you have a friend in high places, because I'm nothing but a peon, uh, maybe you can do something. Help the fucking show. And I don't care. I'm cursing. Yes, I am cursing. I always say I shouldn't curse. It's not good to curse. My mother wouldn't be happy with me cursing. But I can't help it sometimes. Yeah. And all right. So whatever. I, I reached out to AOC. I don't even feel like really doing a show today. So what you see is what you get. We'll talk about, you know, I thought that I was, I thought I would feel better too. I thought, let me share what's going on. It's probably good to get on there and show uh, and tell the listeners and the viewers what's happening. Of course, some people are trying to contact me saying, where are you? Where are you? Hopefully they'll be able to find me. I can't really respond to every message right now because we're in the middle of the show. But maybe you can catch the the podcast when I put it up. If you want to. Who the fuck wants to listen to this shit, honestly? It's it's so depressing. Because this is what we're up against. It, another reminder about how far we have to go. How far we've fallen and how far we have to go. They have absolutely no respect for people. Corporations are, are, are our masters. And that's not democracy. I'm sorry. And here's what I think. If somebody has um, it knows Bernie or has whatever, somebody on the campaign, you can get in touch with him. Uh, or any of the Democrats, frankly. Not, well, not Buttigieg. He's not a Democrat. He's, I don't know. Don't get me started with Buttigieg. Something really rubs me the wrong way with him. I think he's he's a high function. He's a sociopath, in my opinion. But that's a story for another day. But if you can speak to Bernie or whatever, why why isn't he framing Medicare for all and also the re- the reigning in of these corporations and the billionaires themselves? Why doesn't he frame it as the patriotic imperative that it is? It's driving me insane. It's such an easy answer. Yesterday, Michael Moore, or the day before, I think he was on, he was on MSNBC, Michael Moore. And this morning, I saw on Joy Reid how uh, he was on, well, he was on Lawrence O'Donnell. It doesn't matter. MSNBC. And then this morning on on AM Joy, she was going off about how Michael Moore, because Michael Moore made a comment saying how, how nobody really needs more than $500,000. You can live well and live comfortably, of course, more than comfortably with, with $500,000. You don't need billions and billions of dollars. There's no reason for it. And Joy Reid was was saying to, I, th- I can't remember who, I think it was Pete Buttigieg, actually, how isn't that the wrong message? I don't think that Democrats want to get into this business of telling people they can't be rich. And, you know, that's not the point. It's not about what you can have. 
or how much somebody can can have i guess it, it, it it's not it's not that okay let me formulate my thought it's that it is a threat to democracy progressive taxation and a high marginal tax rate on the rich and a high estate tax that prevents the development of an intergenerational aristocracy isn't just about fairness it's not about being morally correct. It's about saving democracy, cultivating democracy, protecting it from the big moneyed interests who have always threatened it for time immemorial. Since recorded history, since we crawled out of the primordial ooze, we've been up against this tension. We need a government to step in. It's not just saying, oh, it's immoral to be rich. And in fact, when during the Democratic debate, when they said to Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg, um, should you exist? Bernie doesn't think billionaires should exist. Should you exist? I really wish Bernie would have turned around and said, it's not about him. Should he exist? That is a disingenuous question and frame. It's about, should democracy exist? What is the point of a government? It's not just to make the rich richer. And the fact is, we need a government that, that protects itself, that is it's strong enough to stand up to billionaires. So, because a billionaire and, and beyond, and a trillionaire, the concentrated money will threaten the power of the people, always and forever. Amen. That's always been the case. This is why you need a progressive tax system. And you don't want an intergenerational aristocracy from developing. It's not just about what's fair. It's about what are we as a people? Are we a a democratic system? Or are we an oligarchy? That's what it's about. And somebody in in, uh, Michael Moore who knows Michael Moore, I know that. We're three steps away. What is it? Uh, six se- steps of separation? I'm sure I know people who know people who know Michael Moore. I'm sure I know people who know people who know Bernie. So let's get on it, people. Tell them that you. it's about framing it. Frame it as a patriotic imperative. We don't want billionaires, not just because it's immoral, not just because there are so many that have so little, and so few who have so much, but because it's a patriotic imperative to protect democracy from the power of concentrated wealth. The, the, uh, what is it, Um, organized money is just as dangerous as organized mob. That's what it's about. Are we Americans? What do we believe in? What does it mean to be an American? When you say you're a patriot, that means you love America, right? Right, you flag-waving fascists. You say you love America, but you hate just about everybody in it. That means you're not American. You're not patriotic. But it means when you're an American, you protect democracy. We're protecting the system of government that so many fought, bled, and died to entrust to us. The system of by and for the people. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. This is what it's about. Not just making the rich richer. 
This is why you have to check corporate power. That's why we have m rules against monopolies. And that's why they have to be enforced. Because these giant corporations can get together and they can be stronger than the power of government itself. That's why you want to break up banks. You want to break up the giant corporations, the monopolies. You want to have a progressive tax system that, that prevents the rise and power of intergenerational aristocracy. Because you can't have an aristocracy and a democracy at the same time. That's not how it works. So it's not about what's right and what's wrong. It, it, it's really about what's patriotic. This is about leaving no one behind. It's about protecting the government of, by, and for the people that all of those headstones in Arlington National Cemetery and around the world are there representing those who gave their last measure of devotion for this thing. This thing of ours, the grand experiment in liberal democracy, that we're supposed to be, that, uh, that it's f we the people, not we, not uh, for the, the sovereign lords. Yes, my lord. Thank you, my lord. Mr. Bloomberg, what is so astonishing and disgusting in the even, well, I'll probably get put in a dog. Who knows? Maybe they'll pull the plug on me for good and they'll do me a favor, right? A, a blessing in disguise. During the debate, Bloomberg, unbelievably enough, he almost, uh, l l let me just play this clip and you'll see. Let's just go on the record. They talked about 40 Democrats, 21 of those were people that I spent $100 million to help elect. The, all of the new Democrats that came in and put Nancy Pelosi in charge and gave the Congress the ability to control this president, I, bought, I, I got them. And I, bought, I, I got all of the new Democrats that came Did in. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Wait, I meant to do the picture in picture there. Hold on. Picture. Let's, let's play that again. Hold on. Pelosi in charge and gave the Congress the ability to control this president. I bought, I, I got them. I bought, I bought. Let's just go on the record. President, I, I bought, I, I got them. I bought, what? I what? And gave the Congress the ability to control this president. I bought, I, I got them. I bought, uh, 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 I got them. He almost slipped. I wish he did. That would be great. But that wouldn't even matter. Even if he slipped and said, I bought them, believe me, the corporate media would give him a pass. Definitely. They'd give him a pass. They love him. Are you kidding? And that's why that debate was such a shit show. I was, be, be, before I got, we got plugged, we got unplugged from the debate and put in a doghouse, the, um, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. The cheering of the crowds that they were cheering for Bloomberg like there was no tomorrow and booing the working class. But it makes a lot of sense when you find out that the Democratic Party, they, they it's, it's what always happens. They hand, out, they hand out tickets. Democratic Party. The, I think the lowest ticket was 17, 
hundred dollars and uh, fifty cents. Democratic wait debate. This is what happens when I'm pissed off. I'm not. I usually get some of the. I have all my papers open and whatnot, but you know. Yeah. During, so here's from Common Dreams, an audience full of rich people, 1700 and, well, $1,750 ticket prices for Democratic debate, sparks disgust. And then when, oh, of course, I was on Twitter. It's, it's fascinating to me when working people jump up and defend these corporate oligarchs. It's unbelievable, really. So someone on Twitter, so I tweeted something about the ticket prices being $1,700, and somebody <laughs> tweeted back, lies, and, and, and directed me to a Democratic Party insider who said that the debate tickets were handed out in a fair and equitable manner that... They, it was in fact the most diverse debate audience in debate audience history or something like that. That's besides the point, whether it's diverse racially, it certainly wasn't diverse economically. And that's the bottom line. It's not about racial division. And this is exactly what Shirley Sherrod, remember Shirley Sherrod? She was fired by Barack Obama. This is another reason why when Barack Obama became the president, of course, we all remember him. We, now we look back fondly and remember Barack Obama. But believe me, and you guys know, Barack Obama was probably the best Republican president we've had in, well, since Eisenhower. And he was, uh, oh, hi, Terry Jr. Jr. Thank you for stopping by. Um, when, okay, Barack Obama got elected during, in his first term, hold on, Junior, uh, okay, I gotta get comfortable here with Junior, Shirley Sherrod, the fire, well, I'm, I'm just late, really, you know, besides, um, whatever, what was I gonna say, I shouldn't be reading from Wikipedia, Wikipedia, like everything that Republicans touch, ter- is, has been turned to shit. You can't rely on Wikipedia, but for the background, it's probably good enough. Because that's what Republicans do. They go in, they change Wikipedia. They don't have anything in reality to boast about. They just have lies. So they'll go in and change shit to fit their agenda. So you got to be very wary of Wikipedia. So, well, here's the background. Shirley Sherrod was fired from her appointed position as Georgia State Director of Rural Development in the United States Department of Agriculture. Her firing was an administration reaction to media reports on video excerpts from her address at an event of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP, as we know. In March 2010, and commentary posted by conservative blogger Andrew Breitbart, that hack who's burning in hell, who received $6 million from the Mercer family. You see, it's not that the Republicans have such a broad appeal. It's that they have billionaires backing them, unlike liberals like me, 
who get in the doghouse because of of having a democratic debate watch party and liberals that have a bigger platform wouldn't pull a fucking hair for to put my link on their website or some bullshit, right? They won't do something simple that doesn't mean, that really doesn't, doesn't uh, inconvenience them in any way. On the other side, they have Breitbart, hacks like Breitbart spewing fascist propaganda get immediately get backing by billionaires that they, they don't have to go on, well, now he's don't, not going on anywhere begging anything, but they don't have to go on here and, and beg for patrons or whatever, plead for patrons. They don't have to worry because they have the Mercer family. You understand? This is why I harp on this a lot. That's why we're, we're up against the wall. This is what we are up against. The oligarchs understand that they have to own debate. Of course, they literally own it now. But we don't, there's no um, rich liberals who are helping other liberals. They're not doing that. What are rich liberals doing? What if uh, Tom Steyer really wanted to help, he could throw Tarabuster a, uh, a, you know, a $6 million like Andrew Breitbart was thrown by the Mercer family. And they opened up a townhouse in, well, they, they rented a townhouse in Washington, D.C. They hired a full staff. They don't have to worry about pulling in a profit. They're not on Patreon saying, please support us. This is what we are up against. You understand what I'm saying? Here on our side, the side of goodness, rightness, the American way, mom and apple pie, patriotism, diversity, unity, inclusion, and leaving no one behind, we have to, we can't even get fellow so-called liberals to put a fucking link on a website. Unbelievable. So, anyway, all right, that was a total tangent. Uh, Based on these excerpts, the NAACP condemned Sherrod's remarks as racist, and the U.S. government officials called on her to resign. However, review of her full speech showed that excerpts had been selectively edited and her remarks understood in context were about the importance of overcoming personal prejudices. You see, what they had done to Shirley Sherrod was they took her speech because she said that a white family had come in to her office and she had had um she was going to help them and in the process of helping them they that she had come to understand herself that it really wasn't about black and white or black versus white or racial division it was about economic division that we were in it together that we the people those born on the wrong side of reaganomics the, the ones struggling with our three unique, uniquely American low-paying jobs who can't retire, that we are in this together. Of people of diverse backgrounds, we have more in common with each other than we will ever have with those on the, uh, on the higher end of the income scale, the ones who are keeping us down and who are de- deliberately dividing us so we fight amongst each other. So this is what she was telling the, her audience when she was speaking. Her, her message was, it's not about 
uh, racial division. It's about economic division that we have to get over those racial, those superficial, uh, you know, marks of distinction that, that that differentiate us and understand that we're in this together, that it's us. And that's what the those on, uh, you know, in the halls of power that they don't want us to figure out. Because if we really get it that we're in it together and we start pointing our energy where it really belongs, then it's over for them. And, you know, even when it's over for them, frankly, it's not over for them. They'll still be rich. They'll still be fine. Except we'll have a seat at the table. They don't want to be bothered with us. It's too annoying. It's much easier to just step on us and walk away. But Shirley Sarad, what really pissed me off with that whole episode was that when Obama, he was in the first term of his administration, he was so quick to get rid of her, to to force her to resign. They ruined this woman's life. And she didn't do anything. She spoke the truth. And Obama was so quick to throw her under the bus without an investigation, without even... Um, any explanation because he was he needed to pander to the right wing they were losing their minds over this oh she's a racist bullshit this reverse racism bullshit like that's even a thing I know that the these poor put upon white men they're so they're, they're so aggrieved now it's oh we're we're the ones who are being uh, they're being racist against us when, the, when the, the day they start writing laws against you, get back to me. Unbelievable. And in fact, but that's actually, I just saw this article on RDT Daily by Dara Lucas, who, this is so typical. He, where is it? It's opening up. Black Trumpkin pastor wanting a more diverse ticket is racist. So the blue tsunami of 2018 allowed Democrats to retake control of the House with arguably the most diverse freshman class in the history of the chamber. A picture of the newly elected congressmen and women from both parties reveals a stark contrast. The Democratic freshmen included a number of eye-popping, an eye-popping number of people of color. But all but one of the newly elected Republicans was white and male. So, anyway. According to, I'm trying to get to the meat of the article. Now, who would have a problem with a party at least making an effort to look more like America? Well, of all people, it seems like black conservative pastor Jesse Lee Peterson has a big problem with that. When he saw McDaniel's post, which is Ronna McDaniel, the GOP chairwoman, has to, uh, at CPAC, she tweeted out the, a picture, uh, fired up at our party's rising stars, and m- most of them were female and people of color or whatever you call, you know, black people. Some people don't. I know that Daniel, one of our regular supporters and listeners and commentators, he takes offense when, uh, when people say people of color. And I understand that. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be aware of that. 
and I wish I understood more and would know how to speak correctly at all times. But that takes everyone into consideration. But I hear you, Daniel. So thank you for all your contributions. But anyway, so this pastor says, when he saw McDaniel's post roll across his iPhone, he accused McDaniel of being a racist. Okay, so he says that it's great to see some of our party's rising stars when she's applauding, when this GOP, whatever, is applauding the diverse youth that are rising stars of conservatism. Good luck. This black pastor is saying, that's racist. Can you believe this shit? And it goes to show you that it's always what I've been saying. If you are a black person in the Republican Party, you have to be even more of a racist than the typical white racist male Republican. If you're a woman in the Republican Party, you have to be more of a misogynist than the regular run-of-the-mill white male in the Republican Party. You, it's, not, it's just a requirement. You have to be more of a, a if you're a woman for example you got to be like Sarah Palin you got to want to kill you got to kill animals from a, with a shotgun from a helicopter you have to be indifferent to any traditionally female characteristics quote unquote i know that it's that's men are compassionate and nurturing and you know what i mean but traditionally what they consider traditional female characteristics are considered weak to Republicans. They, they think be, having compassion is weak. That's liberal tears, right? But it's really being strong. They don't understand that when you're a strong person, it is a sign of strength that you have compassion for those who are weaker or in a vulnerable state. It's, it makes no sense. It's a, it's a no-brainer. But, of course, because they got no brains, they can't see it. So. But this, this pastor, to stand up for the white men, won't somebody please stand up for the white men? And Jesse Lee Patterson, this black pastor, he, he tweets, Rana, stop discriminating against white people. Are you fucking kidding me? So much discrimination against white people historically here in the United States, don't you know? Won't somebody please stand up for them? Jesse Lee Patterson, he's your man. And how, mu- how many times throughout history have you had, it's, uh, it, it's just so typical, a, so, someone in a, in, a, in, a, in a minority group sucking up to power to get that pat on the head. And that's what Jesse Lee Patterson's doing. And when you're a black conservative, they will pro- promote you and propel you to the front page. All you got to do is tout the party line and be a human shield for their bigotry. That's what Jesse Lee Patterson is. Give them cover for their racism. Every time, this is what they do. It's, it's, it's like, you, it's so typical. That's why it's shocking that people fall for it. Anyway, well, let me have a drink of my tea. Hold on. 
thank you for sticking with the show, even though it sucks. I appreciate it. It's you're helping me out. <laughs> if if nothing, at least you're helping me, right? If we can't help the goddamn country, at least you can help Tara goddamn Devlin get through a goddamn day. Damn it. I hope the show doesn't suck. Right? What was I going to say? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm trying to find this funny thing. Well, it's not that funny. There's a very good chance you're not going to die. <laughs> well, I will die eventually. There's a very good chance you're not going to die. Not tonight, maybe. Not tonight. But, all right, well, here's the thing. We were talking about the Democratic debate. Here, let's just hear some examples. Cuba made progress on education. Yes, I think. Really? <clears throat> really? We are doing that, claims. Senator. Look, Whoever we want to get to the issue. Mayor Bloomberg has a solid and strong and enthusiastic base of support. Problem is, they're all billionaires. Now, if you... <laughs> I love with Bernie. Oh, really? But I wish he, at that time he would have pointed it out. And in fact, after the debate, they asked Bernie. Let's see. Here is it. Where is it? Ah, here we go. So where it seemed like you were almost arguing with the crowd or debating with the crowd at one point. What was that about? Okay, that's an interesting question. Do you know how much money it costs to get a ticket down below? How much? I read that it costs $1,750. So to get a ticket to the debate, you have to be fairly wealthy. Most working people that I know don't spend $1,700 to get a ticket to a debate. And that's problematic. But, you know, people, you know, that's what the DNC did. Well, there you go. I was just looking at Huffington Post. Biden sweeps. Biden scores dominant win in South Carolina. The Biden bounce back is finally here, making him the leading challenger to Bernie Sanders going into Super Tuesday. Please, God, please don't do it to us. Don't. Please let Bernie trounce this this crazy old cracker. We can't deal with this. I cannot deal with another Twitler. It'll be over. There's a very good chance you're not going to die. We will die. That's what we're up against. And if Biden is the nominee, Twitler will win. Okay, we all knew this was his firewall, that he was going to get a lot of votes. Whatever. Give me a break. We know that Biden is weak. He's not going to win. All of the things that the Democratic Party insiders, the elites, the MSNBC crowd, the ones mourning their cushy jobs on the Democratic National Committee and their superdelegate kickbacks and privileges, these people are the dinosaurs. They're not going to win against Twitter. They keep saying that, oh, Bernie can't win a coalition. He can't attract voters from a wide, diverse voting bloc that he's going to be detrimental to the down ticket. All of that is false. They don't seem to understand that this is still a change election, and that means it's a base election. Nobody wants to go back 
to the Obama years. It's not like that was so goddamn great. And give me a break. They keep saying how Bernie is, he yells at everyone. 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. More than all the wars, including Vietnam, from that point on. Carnage Half on the population was murdered by guns. That's Joe Biden during the debate screaming. They always say how Bernie is supposedly screaming at everyone. He's not screaming. The one who's screaming at us constantly is Biden. But they give him a pass. Oh, Bernie's so angry. But Biden's not angry? I feel like I'm attacked every time Biden talks. 150 million people have been killed since 2007. But what do you do? You make it to the general. You're on the debate stage. He's lying. He's saying we're doing great. That's his brand. We're stronger than ever. He starts making fun of your age, your mental state. He starts going after you in ways that this is, I mean. I said, come on, Donald. Come on, man. How many push-ups you want to do here, pal? You know, right. I mean, jokingly. No one has said my son has the son to work in an oil company. Now Look at this. Said, Look at this guy. Get your word straight, Jack. Get your word the- straight, Jack. Oh, you don't hear that in MSNBC. <laughs> you did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look. Okay, I'm not going to get an argument with you, man. Look, I don't tolerate bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. Super Tuesday can't come fast enough, and I hope that... Bernie trounces, ev- trounces Biden because we knew this was coming. They were going to, um, but we knew that Biden, Bernie knew that Biden was going to win. He's not, he went right on to the Super Tuesday states. He understands that. They're not stupid. Biden knew this was his, his chance. This Biden bounce. Give me a fucking break here. And the insiders in the Democratic Party and the MSNBC crowd, now we're all going to have to hear how much Biden is bounced back. It's the comeback. You see, now it's viable. Wow. Woo. What a close call. We almost had to have a country where people didn't have to go on GoFundMe to beg for medical care. Please. It's... uh, It's... It's so obvious. Don't do it to to us, insiders, Democratic insiders. Biden will not win. No one is going to be enthused to go out and vote for Biden. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Let's see, the other day, and he's out of it. He can't go toe-to-toe with Twitler. Twitler will mop the floor with him. Here's him the other day. And I have a simple proposition here. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look for the Senate? Over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other Biden. Give me a Vote look, for Joe. the other Biden. If you, don't li- if you like what you see, he's running for the Senate. If you don't like what you see, vote for the other Biden. And this is the other day, too. I came back from South Africa trying to see Nelson Mandela and getting arrested for trying to see him on Robbins Island. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. Are you kidding me? What's with this, these Democrats not understanding that 
we have something called Google that people can immediately check their bullshit. Nelson Mandela, wouldn't you remember that if you were arrested? Biden did not get arrested with Nelson Mandela. From here's an article from Real Clear Politics. There was much angry barking directed at Bernie Sar- Sanders during the most recent Democratic presidential debate, but the Bernie Bros shouldn't worry because it still looks like their guy is in his is on his way to securing the Democratic nomination. Well, I hope not for the corporate media. Uh, it's not for their lack of trying, right? That's not the only story from the debate in South Carolina. There is more to politics than barking for TV. Listen to what you don't hear. Think of what's being avoided. Look for the negative space between the dancer. The silence tells you the story. Like that dog that didn't bark at Joe Biden over his lie about Nelson Mandela. And the silence of conventional wisdom as pundits decide which presidential candidate seems moderate, as if any of them are moderate in a party leaning widely to the left. Conservative radio host Dan Prof has zeroed in on his phenomenon, has, on this phenomenon, on his national radio program. Wait, wait, wait. I'm just, I don't want to read this whole article. I wanted to get to the point where, let's see. Uh, he threw his arm. Mandela, the liberating force who ended the South African apartheid, was the country's first black president. Andrew Young was the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations and traveled with Biden to South Africa. He scoffed at the notion that members of Congress had been arrested. No, I was never arrested, and I don't think he was either. Young was quoted by the Times as saying, that's polite political speech for Joe is lying and pandering to black voters. So apparently he, according to the Daily Beast, he says he, he backpedaled and Joe Biden said on Friday, he fi- Biden finally admitted that the story was much different than he'd initially described, saying he told police while on a congressional delegation to South Africa that he was not going to go to go in that door that says whites only and separate from his black colleagues. They said, you're not. You can't move. You can't go with them. And they kept me there until I finally decided that it was clear and I wasn't going to move. And then they finally... And so what they finally did, they said, okay, they're not going to make con- the congressional delegation go through the black door. They're not going to make me go through the white door, he said to CNN. Unbelievable. So he was detained a little bit from proceeding with his congressional delegation. That's not being arrested with Nessa Mandela, for fuck's sake. But... It doesn't matter. They give him a wide berth. They allow all this, these clear lapses in judgment on Joe Biden's part. He has clearly lost a step and or two, and he will be tranced by Twitter. But so all day, as if you watch MSNBC, it goes from Buttigieg to Biden to Klobuchar, as if Klobuchar, if Bernie was in Klobuchar's position. Would they give her? Would they give him any time, on on their corporate media mouthpiece channel? No way. 
He, they'd be telling him, why isn't he bowing out? What's the point? Meanwhile, here in reality, Bernie has the most amount of individual supporters from zero corporations. Only people are donating to his campaign in record numbers and a, and a wide coalition. A vast, diverse base of voters want Bernie, which Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar can only dream about when they're peddling Republican policies in the halls of the wine cave. But what really pissed me off, and I see the time, we're coming to the end of this beautiful, wonderful show that sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep saying it sucks. It doesn't suck. I, I don't know. You're, you're watching it. How can it not, how can it suck? But YouTube sucks. Anyway, Buttigieg, let me just put, bring this up. What pissed me off, besides everything else, I don't believe, I, I really can't believe how people buy Buttigieg's line. His, his I feel your pain, faux, trying to be like Obama bullshit. He's such a phony to me. I can't, I don't understand how people fall for it. So, anyway, recently, um, Buttigieg, he, you know, he has a problem with black voters. He doesn't have any. And besides him ripping off Obama's speeches, but let me tell you what happened here. Hold on, I'm trying to find the goddamn article. Buttigieg. I had it up, and now I can't find it, of course. So Pete Buttigieg recently, his, I think I told you this now that we're talking about this. Oh, maybe it was during the Democratic debate when they shut me down. So maybe you didn't hear it. He, his staff went to a black-owned restaurant for lunch. And then when they left, so they all ate at this woman's restaurant. And next thing you know, so ABC News calls this lady up and, and says, you're endorsing Pete Buttigieg? And she's like, what are you talking about? No. I, she knew nothing of it. But the, here you are, the uh, ABC News reporter said, you're on this list of supporters these, of black business people supporting Pete Buttigieg. And she's like, no, he and um, his staff ate here. Yeah, but I'm not supporting his campaign. They put her name on this list because why not? Who needs to actually build support from African-Americans or any diverse coalition if you could just fake it? Just pretend. Don't actually build support. Put their names down. So then the ABC News reporter called Buttigieg's campaign, and they were like, um, hum and hum and hum, we'll get back to you. Next thing you know, they, Buttigieg's campaign calls this woman, and they're trying, they're begging her, please support Buttigieg's campaign. Can we get your support? Can we get you to sign on? Can you be a supporter, this, a, a vocal supporter of the, of the Frederick Douglass plan. Give me a break. And she was like, no. And they sent her emails. Please, please become a supporter of, of trying to retroactively 
get her to support them, even though they had put his her name on the list. And it's not the only one. And she, of course, she was like, no, no way. But that goes to show, that just speaks volumes about who he is. They, they don't really give a shit. It's all about the show. What is the difference between that and what Republicans do? It's the same goddamn thing. It's just like what they do on MSNBC. The freakouts, the lies, the, when Jason Johnson drops lies or when uh, A.M. Joy drops her lies in, in a paragraph of anti-Bernie propaganda and nobody checks her on it when she says things like, oh, he's for um, that. He, oh, well, when James Carville, when he was freaking out, saying, oh, yeah, that he loves he he was all for the uh, Iran hostages when Iran took the hostages like Bernie was really for that. This is what they do. They drop the propaganda into the into their conversation and nobody checks it. So whatever. And that's what Buttigieg, nobody asked him in all of his appearances on MSNBC today, which there were many, no one asked him, why are you putting people's names on your campaign, black supports, faking support from black people? Why are you pretending that these people are endorsing your campaign when you could go out and try to win their endorsements legitimately, like Bernie would do. If Bernie did something like this, they would eviscerate him. They would call for him to resign his Senate seat, uh, and uh, they would drum him out of uh, the halls of power for good. So this woman says, I never endorsed the Douglas plan, and it's not necessarily that it was a bad plan, but people have got to understand you can't talk for black people. We're very capable of speaking for ourselves. This, the woman, her name is Codero, told ABC News, adding that she, he was given no explanation. Oh, maybe this is not her. This was a man. Uh, I got the name wrong. Anyway, I'm looking at the time. Who is this Codero? Senator Amy Klobuchar. Anyway, I'm sorry. The article is from ABC News. Trying to find... This is what happens when you're not allowed on YouTube. Everything gets mixed up. But anyway... The first indication there was confusion over some of Buttigieg's claims came in October. The campaign issued a press release in South Carolina that identified a Baptist pastor and state rep as prominent backers, but that was all bullshit. All right, guys, I'm looking at the time. You guys, thank you for sticking around and supporting the show through all its trials and tribulations and supporting me in spite of me. So I hope that we will continue to do it. I'm hoping that YouTube doesn't shut me down for good, for doing something that I don't know that I'm doing wrong. And if you have any power at all to stop them, please be my guest. We are in this together. You guys are great. Thank you, Paradu. If you be and and thank you, Haiku. And who else is on the chat? I don't see many people. John, of course. Thank you, Deborah. 
if you want to keep the show going, please become a patron and tell your friends. Give the show a good review. Also, there's going to be, I should have mentioned this before, we'll talk about it later, there'll be another get-together in New York with Mike Malloy and me and probably Sam Cedar and whoever else we can dig up. There'll be a meet-and-greet, a Progressive Voices meet-and-greet. That'll be fun. That's going to be in May in New York City sometime. All right. Otherwise, as I always say, we stick together, we win. My name is Tara Devlin. This is Tara Jr. Jr., We will win. I will see you as soon as I can.